With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the No Huddle Show is being brought to you by Chevrolet Cadillac of Turnersville, a Penske automotive dealer. Visit today at the Route 42 location in Turnersville, New Jersey, or online at ChevroletOfTurnersville.com and CadillacOfTurnersville.com. What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here with Mike K at Nova Care Complex in Philadelphia, recording the latest episode of the No Huddle Show. Our preview episode for Sunday's game against the Cowboys. It's a it's a big one. Yeah, some would say. Some would say <laughs> it's a little important. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and it it's one that I think you and I have kind of had circled on the calendar all year, whether it was because of this record or not. This is the one that's going to decide most of the marbles. Yeah, I mean they they win. They're tied for first place. They they would have the tiebreaker, I believe, in the division. If they lose, all of a sudden they would have to pretty almost pretty much win out in order to win the division, and the Cowboys would have to lose out yeah. like that's because they wouldn't have the tiebreak anymore, and it would make it a little more difficult to win the wild card, though not impossible because some of those, like the Vikings are playing the Seahawks this week, and the Seahawks are also competing for a wild card, so if the Vikings won, that would probably be better. I don't know. No, it would be, no, it'd be you better. Want you want the Seattle. Yeah, you want Seattle. Seattle's probably going to get that, that first wild card spot. Yeah. Um, and then the Panthers have been reeling, so, I mean, and then Tampa's kind of like and Tampa's kind of like looming, and they have the, t- the, the th- that's the thing. The, the, those three teams all have the tiebreaker over the Eagles. Now, what's positive about that is, let's say they do lose in Dallas, if they win out those last three, which is going to be very very hard to do, um, they do have a really good shot at that wild card spot because uh, Seattle, like we said, is probably going to get the fifth seed, but. The Vikings' schedule is very, very tough. They're going to face Seattle, like you said. Then they're going to face an angry Packers team that's got something to prove. Uh, you know, Phil, Joe Philbin's going to want to try to audition for that job, even though he's and not And Rodgers probably be like, yo, McCarthy was the problem, not me. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, you look at <clears throat> the Panthers. They play the Saints twice down that stretch, and I believe they also play Tampa. So those two, they can eat each other alive. Uh, and the Saints are going to play into Week 17 because they want that 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 first spot in the NFC. They want the playoffs to go through them. And the Rams will be right there, so it's not like they, right. they probably won't be able to rest everybody Week 17. Exactly, that's my point. So the, the, they're going to be competitive throughout. Um, so the, the so the only team the Eagles are going against that like would even affect like the wild card part is the Redskins, who probably are going to be tanking. Not tanking, but they're going to be falling apart the rest of the way. Right. They signed Josh Johnson to be the backup for Mark Sanchez. He hasn't thrown a pass since 2011. Wow. I didn't even realize that. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, I looked last night. 
but he has been in the league every single year. Hey, he's just been. Well, I saw he so he's about to play for the the that new football league, San Diego yeah. team, and like one of the reports was like he's still going to play for them. Like he's still planning on playing for them. Hey, you know <laughs> he's what? like, hey, the NFL's not going to work. I'm just going to go back to. <laughs> yeah, I'm just a. I like San Diego. I, yeah. I do too. <laughs> um, I think he went to San Diego State. So that uh, makes okay. Sense. Um, All right. But fair anyway, <laughs> well, you don't want to make this a Josh Johnson podcast. We can. <laughs> Which Josh Johnson? There's like four of them. <laughs> True. But uh, yeah, so. Let's say they do win this Cowboys game. Here's why this Cowboys game is important for their playoff hopes, just in general. Winning this Cowboys game gives them an opportunity to lose down the stretch and still have a shot at the playoffs. Remember, the Cowboys still play the Colts. They're going to be a very competitive team. They're trying to win the the AFC South or get into the wild card, which they are in position to do. Uh, They're coming off a really bad loss to the Jaguars, but over the next couple of weeks, maybe you see them bounce back. That's probably the Cowboys' best shot at losing a game after this Eagles game. Um, so, if the Colts and Frank Reich do the Eagles a favor uh, and the Eagles win this week, then they have the opportunity to kind of just go with the flow and let's say they lose to the Rams, whatever. Let's say they lose, to, they beat the Rams, they lose to the Texans, it's not that big of an issue. They've got to keep winning. They have to go at least 3-1 and one in this four-game stretch, but wins against the Cowboys and the Redskins are the premium wins you want to have. And I think if you're – I know this is like thinking a little too far ahead maybe, but if you're making the playoffs, you want to be as a division winner. You want to be able to have a home game because the Eagles, they did lose a couple home games this year, but they're better when they're at home than when they're on the road. And this is a team built better to play at home, I think, and they would – I mean, if they were a wild card team as they of now, they would Chicago. play Chicago. I mean, that's a tough. Envi- I mean, it's a cold weather. They're used to that. So, but I mean, that's a tough team to go. Yeah, against. Well, and it's a terrible place to kick. It's a terrible place to punt. Exactly. The, the point being, like, miserable. if if the goal is to win the Super Bowl again, which it obviously should be, the best path to that is winning the division. And if they don't win on Sunday, they're probably not going to. Unless, like, I mean, crazy things happened last year. Like, crazier things have happened. You know, the the Phillies that one year they made the playoffs because the Mets lost like every game in October. So, like, it could happen, but the Cowboys haven't shown signs of slowing down, and the Eagles haven't proven capable of winning that many games in a row. So, if they if they don't win on Sunday, they're in trouble. This is a, this is the big we, – we've said it a billion times, but as of right now, this is the biggest game of the season. It is. It is. But they do need to close out. They still do need to beat Washington later in the season. Yeah. Well, I think, um, like you said, though, th- this one – This is a week-to-week th- playoff for them. Right? Yeah, but this this game in particular, like, sets up the rest of the way. It, like, makes life a lot easier if they win this week. If they lost this week and then went 2-1 and one the rest of the way, they'll be on the bubble and probably not going to make it because of tiebreakers. So, like, they, and they're probably not going to go 3-0 the rest of the way. So – Right. This is this is it. This is, this is – like, if you're realistically hoping this team bounces back into a Super Bowl contender, this is the game you want to see them win. You want to see them win by at least six points. You want to see them – own this game a win's a win whatever but like if you're if you're really trying to convince yourself that this team isn't going to be one done in the playoffs or just barely miss the playoffs you want to see a convincing win from this eagles team Uh, so let's before we get into kind of the matchup and everything let's talk about the injuries yeah let's okay we can talk about the injuries then i want to talk about some comments from one of the players yesterday we can i feel like we need to approach that subject but but so today i mean it's a short week so it kind of makes sense but also all the players that are out have been out, so it's. I think it's still concerning. So they were missing five guys on defense from what we saw in practice today. And on the, Thursday. Yeah, Thursday, yeah. And uh, that includes Jalen Mills, who we didn't think was going to play anyway. Vontae Maddox, who Doug Peterson kind of sounded pr- at least more optimistic. Same with Jordan Hicks. He wasn't there. 
Timmy Jernigan hurt his back again uh, before the other game, and if he's not practicing this week, I find it hard to believe he'd play on Sunday, considering he only played 20 snaps the week before. Mm-hmm. And then Michael Bennett, who he's a guy that he can rest and play, and I think he yeah. did that all of last week. So I, I wouldn't be too concerned about Bennett. And then Jason Peters didn't look like he he was practicing today. Um, he hurt his ankle at the end of last game, but he's also another guy that he misses practice and he's fine. But uh, Josh Adams did practice. He has a shoulder injury, I guess. He must have suffered that against the Redskins, and he, and he practiced. Had, but and he had, Yeah, and he had a hip injury going into the yeah. Redskins, but that's gone from the – Hey, the, the Eagles need him, so it's, yeah. it's good that he's, he's looking good. But, uh, I mean, these are guys they've been without, so it's like they're used to it, I guess. But it kind of felt like they were going to start to get healthier, and this was the time to do it. And it, I don't know if concern is the right word, but it's, it's not great that they're still this banged up. So – my take on this is, like you kind of alluded to, Bennett and Peters are in their mid-30s. They're guys that are known for taking days off. It's about getting to Sunday for them. Yeah, it's different cases. Right, though. right. Bennett's the big one to me. They're going to need a pass rush in this game. Oh, yeah. And he has a history against Dallas where he's played pretty well. Um, between him, Chris Long, and Brandon Graham, they're going to have to hold down the fort and collapse the pocket against Dak Prescott, set the edge. That's a big deal. Jason Peters against Demarcus Lawrence. Huge. But I, I'm not worried about Peters. Bennett, I'm a tad concerned, but not really. Um, when you look at the three guys that are gone, Jordan Hicks has not played well this season. Like, or, or Rel- Relative to like what we saw when he was fully healthy a couple years ago. Right, yeah. right. He's not, yeah, he's not playing. He's like, fine. He's just not. He's not Good. playing like 2014-2015 yeah. Jordan Hicks. He's playing more like a guy who's been injured for two straight seasons. <laughs> right. So um, so I think with him, it's not as big of a drop-off. I, Camus did not play very, very well against the Redskins, but he did play well against the Giants. I think Nigel Bradham's turned into a really versatile player. Nate Gary bounced back from having a terrible game against the Giants to having a pretty good game against the Redskins. I think they'll be fine. It's tough to to tackle Ezekiel Elliott no, no matter, matter who you are, yeah. Um, that I'm not worried about. I do think Avante Maddox would be big in this game just because Amari Cooper can get downfield and you might need some help for Rasul. You might need some help for Sidney Jones depending depending on you know what happens. We'll talk about the matchups later, obviously, but that could be a big one. And then Jalen Mills, man, I got to tell you, this team misses him in a lot of ways. You talk about giving up big plays, whatever. From a tackling standpoint and from like a personality standpoint, I think Jalen Mills brings a lot to this defense. I think he makes up for for your, your lack of good safety play opposite Malcolm Jenkins because of his tackling ability. That's something that concerns me. It's there's you know, Pro Football Focus doesn't give him a great grade as a tackler, but since he's been out, the tackling has been awful. It wasn't. Besides the one play last week, it was actually pretty good. Right, they played better. Yeah, Jim but Schwartz but Je- even but Je- said yeah, yeah. He didn't even think that they tackled all that well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, numbers wise, it's better. They gave right, up ninety eight rushing. Better, yeah, yes. Whatever. Um, it's better than they had been in weeks, though. Is the point? Right, but the three weeks before that, Jalen really, Mills wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, exactly. Your point's still correct. Um, and so I think that's he's a guy who brings a lot of toughness to this team. He needs to be back by like the the final two games. Like I mean, they need it's, him back. it seems like that's probably the target right now because right. whenever Doug says a little bit longer for a guy, it means more than one week. Yeah. And they they were more optimistic last week. 
And then it looked like he had a boot on of some sort on the sideline, which he hadn't had on. So I don't know if there was a setback or it was just hurting him. Or I mean, boots don't necessarily always mean bad things. Um, but it yeah. doesn't sound opt- – I mean, the fact that it started out as a – they didn't sound like it was going to be long-term at first. I mean, he injured himself during the Jaguars game, which feels like ages ago because it was before yeah. the bye week. So if you think about it, he's been out an extra week because he didn't he practice that weeks. week. So he's missed five weeks, four games. He's about to miss his fifth game in a row. I'd be pretty surprised if he played against the Rams. Yeah, I mean, he's halfway to a Sproles, you know what I mean? And from a, from an injury outage standpoint, and we made such a big deal out of that. Uh, I saw him in the locker room after the Giants game. I asked to talk to him. He said, I'll get you next week. So it sounded like he was optimistic that he was going to be talking. And then it just, you know, he wasn't available for the Redskins. He's not available this week. I doubt that any of those three guys play, but, you know, we'll see what happens tomorrow. It, it seems like those are guys that can't afford to skip a whole week of practice and not play. Right. Like and, you were saying, they're not veteran guys. Right, and so I think you go into this game, yeah, you're still a little banged up, but they've gotten used to that those three not being in the lineup, and I think guys have stepped up. I think Cravion LeBlanc is a, yeah, is a really good Nice story. pickup. Um, and Sidney Jones played very well, I felt, against the Redskins. I thought Rasul Douglas played his best game of the season. He got better as the game went along, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, you got to feel a little optimistic, and if you see a lot out of Rasul Douglas, Sidney Jones, and Cravon LeBlanc in this game, you feel really good about maybe letting Ronald Darby leave in free agency, and then you got Jalen Mills, and you can figure out where you go from there. So I think as negative as the injuries are, I think this is giving guys the opportunity to build some confidence, as Doug Peterson alluded to a couple of days ago. So I think you got to feel good heading into this matchup. But what I don't feel good about is what you wanted to talk about. <laughs> so Camus Grugier-Hill... It seemed, I think it was like on his way out of the locker room because there wasn't like any media around him. It was just NBC Sports Philadelphia, I believe. It might have even just been like a camera guy. He, uh, I don't know what the question was, but Camus' response was something along the lines of Dallas always chokes, so we're going to go down there and make them choke again. Oh, There's a lot of layers to analyze here. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love rivalries that have trash talk. I would prefer... It wasn't com- coming from Camus' mouth first. <laughs> right, yeah. I That's mean, the thing. Like, trash talk is fun. Like, this rivalry, that it's made for this. It, they don't, it doesn't happen as much as it should, I think, because that's been removed a little bit because of social media, probably, probably because of what happened with Camus. That thing blew up pretty quickly. He, I mean, there's a few layers. Number one, he's, uh, you know, the number two, number three linebacker when everybody's healthy. He's mainly a special teams guy. That's why I wanted to talk about the injuries he, first. Yeah, so we yeah, yeah. This. yeah. And... I mean, he, he makes some plays, and he's a he's a leader on this team. He's a captain on special teams, but he also dropped a pick because his hand is hurt. He dropped a clear pick six against the Cowboys a couple weeks ago that probably would have, like, turned the game. The Eagles might have won if he turned that because that was early in the game. Mm-hmm. And then the Cowboys scored on the next, like, two possessions. I mean, I don't think – I don't know how happy Doug was that he said – I think he was on the radio and he said something along the lines of, uh, that's not ideal that he said that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it's – Camus, I think, is one of the more liked players in that locker room, and probably by the fan base even, just because of his story and how. Yeah, and the way he kicked out. What he kicked the extra point that one year or whatever. Well, yeah, he kicked. He or he did, did the kickoff. kickoff. He did the kickoff. Which is yeah, even more impressive in my opinion. Was that last year? Yeah, it was Man, last year. So, la- so much stuff happened last year. I feel like like that's just forgotten. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, but uh, yeah, anyway. So, and he's played relatively well with his defensive snaps. If you watch watch the game film he's actually I mean he's around the ball a lot yeah yeah he's played really well and I think boy I don't know I didn't see a club on either of his hand on his hand yesterday as he was entering the locker room so maybe he was just really excited about not having a club on for once but yeah man that uh 
That's bad. Like, there are maybe four guys in this locker room that you, you could hear say that and you're cool with it. It's like Malcolm Jenkins. I was trying to think about this last night. Malcolm Jenkins. Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham, Jason Peters, and maybe Zach Ertz. Or if, like, Chris Long said it, you'd be fine. Well, Chris Long could say wouldn't, anything. he wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and he'd be like, oh, he's like, oh, also, I just donated a million more dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Long could <laughs> Ooh, say I'm such a good person. I'm Chris it. Long. <laughs> but, oh, uh, man, I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> uh, he'd be the only one. Hey, my, um, my, my nephew dressed up as him from the – my newborn uh, nephew. He's, like, four months old. He dressed up as Chris Long from the Eagles Parade for Halloween. He did look so. stellar. He did look stellar, <laughs> I will say that. Um, but, yeah, your point. But, my – like it, it's more about like the timing of it. Like if he was the fourth person to say, it, as opposed to the the first eagle to talk trash this week. Like that's the thing. Like nobody's. I don't want to say nobody's gonna take him seriously, but it's gonna get back to Cowboys, and it's gonna, almost gonna be like a mockworthy well, thing. Par- part of me, and I don't mean to hate on our own profession, but like part of me. I mean, we we had to cover it. He said it, but like part of me thought that it blew up way more than it should have. Yeah, mean, yeah, he's yeah. A, he's he's literally the the third linebacker. <laughs> on the team. Uh, and he's a special teams captain. That's like, that's almost as bad as like Rick Lovato being like, Rick yeah, Lovato. yo, Cowboys, you suck. Like, you know what I mean? I mean can like, we try and get Rick Lovato to say that? <laughs> I might actually. He went to Old Dominion. He's very well spoken. Um, but like, like imagine like Jake Elliott being like, yeah, we're gonna kick them into the sun. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's like the, the it's sun. almost the equivalent of that. Um, but also, I, I mean, as we all expected, Carson Wentz just came out of his press conference, just completely talked crap about them. He said so. He cursed them out. Those guys don't <laughs> believe in God. It's like this whole. He's thing. like they're pieces of garbage. Now he actually was like, I actually respect. He's like, I'm not going to get into that. I really respect them as a team, and he started complimenting them. It's the complete opposite. I mean, you expect Carson Wentz to do right. that. We were, some of us in the media were talking uh, earlier, we trying to figure out like who would be the most likely to say something like Camus did, and who would be the least likely. I think the most likely we came up with uh, was it. I mean, Jason Peters basically did make fun of them um Alshon Jeffrey was in one name Brandon Graham uh Graham was actually pretty politically correct well, he, when he does it he kind of does it by accident actually right yeah who was the other one we said there was like an ob- there's like an obvious one who would who would talk smack who's someone in the locker room who would Lane Johnson maybe yeah Lane Johnson yeah he's an easy one and then the guys that wouldn't would include like Carson Wentz Nick Foles like <laughs> you know who I'd like to kind Isaac of... Samalo because he only says like four words <laughs> you know what I, here's the thing if they end up trouncing the Cowboys. You know Camus like stocks gonna be like uh maybe that was like the thought process. Is Golden Tate gonna stand on the star and uh, do the like, T.O. See, thing? Yeah, Golden <laughs> Tate to me is a guy who's like not like weirdly he, well, he, embraced he, the city, but like Well he just he's, has he's like a guy who wants to have fun though. Like, right, yeah. like the worm thing he did, yeah. He's he's laid it on thick at, at being He already evil. made fun of Howard Eskin. Like <laughs> Yeah, I mean dude the called banana pudding. Hey, whoever his PR people are, are you know <laughs> uh but I mean you know, it's funny, like, you talk to some guys in the locker room, like, Josh Adams is so, like, unassuming and so humble. Deflects and, yeah. Yeah, you know, the, I do wonder if there's, like, a rookie who would, maybe DeAndre Hall. I mean, he's not a rookie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, so we found somebody who would be way worse saying yeah, yeah. what well, that's. I mean, that's kind of like, so, when he first uh, got here, he, like, said something to me along the lines of, like, because I asked him, like, what's it like to be... What was like your first day? Like, what's like? He's like, I. It, this is like, it's nice to be around a winning culture for once, or whatever his quote was. And Bears fans were mad at the time. And then as the Eagles like fell to four and six, that's I got quote tweeted and <laughs> retweeted like 
so much. Just people and people are adding him, like going at him for saying something like that. That's so why I wonder if he he's gonna quiet down now because of that. But I mean, <laughs> it's just funny how that. that it's just funny, like because the internet, like nothing you say ever goes away. Like that's gonna be like the satirical story, the satirical story of like the wild card round matchup between the Eagles and the Bears. Ah, uh, yeah. That, that, we gotta plan. I'm that sure that that'll come that'll come back yeah, around. That'll yeah, that'll be a big that'll be a big deal. He oh. just had his first special teams tackle this week. You know. So it's <laughs> oh like, man, yeah. Um, <laughs> But, but, I mean, Camus better hope that he doesn't make any glaring errors because yeah. people are going to be all over that. Yeah, Eagles fans, Eagles, some Eagles fans weren't very happy that he was doing that either because, like, why is he the one doing that? I mean, it's a superstitious bunch. I don't blame them. Um, we have seen guys talk. It's really not that big of a deal in reality. but <laughs> We've seen guys talk trash and get, get their comeuppance. And, you know, I think, look, if they lose this game, it's not because Camus – was talking trash. It's because yeah, exactly. they're not the better team. Yeah. And Cowboys right. fans might let them know about it. But <laughs> and you and I are probably of a similar opinion. This Cowboys team is more talented right now, I think, than the Eagles. Uh, or at least they're playing much better football. Uh, that said, though, a lot of people get offended when, when Eagles fans and Eagles writers criticize Dak Prescott. To me, this is. Or you mean compliment Dak Prescott? No, 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 no. no. There, there, there's a side of of the fan base that that thinks, hey, maybe people are too critical on Dak. He's going to end up burning us for years. There are. I get I get comments all the time. Like maybe Dak's very good. Blah 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 blah. Cowboys fans also take that very personally. Here's what I think the issue is: Dak can put up some great numbers. He can make some plays where he scrambles for first downs. He's Nick Foles to me. If he's got a perfect setup, he can play very well. If he doesn't, there's times where his pocket presence is horrific. There are times where he makes really bad decisions with throws. There's times where he's inaccurate. There's times where they have to rely too heavily on the running game. Oh, the defense has to win them games. It happened last it happened against the Saints. He did not have a very good game. That's the thing. Like Dak Prescott is Nick Foles. Nick Foles, to me, is a starter in the NFL, as much as I get criticized for that. He also led a team to the Super Bowl, but he had very ideal circumstances around him. Dak Prescott is a guy that needs ideal circumstances, and right now he has those, and that's why they're playing very well. Don't overthink it. Don't overlook him, but that's what the situation is. He has one of the top three running backs of his generation in the backfield right now, who is able to carry the load for him and make him look good and take attention away from receivers. They just traded for Amari Cooper, who has played out of his mind. <clears throat> the offensive line's playing a little bit better, even though they're banged up. I just think the criticisms and the praise of Dak, there's truth in both. That's my shtick. Yeah. that's We can transition that into talking about some matchups then. Let's do it. Let's do, let's do Amari Cooper first. Okay, so Sidney Jones, I think, will get the call for most of the game. They're going to move Cooper around, but I think Sidney Jones matches up relatively well just because he's long and athletic. I don't know if you're going to, you want to really play off against him just because he is very quick. He's got quick feet. Um, Jones is going to have to be able to tackle him too. And that's been a concern for me. He had a nice wrap up tackle against Peterson this past week, but he also had a really bad miss on that 90 yard touchdown run. He did. Uh, He's not a great tackler. Sydney's going to have to tackle well. That's where I think they miss Ronald Darby for all his faults sometimes. Ronald was really good about not allowing yardage after the catch. Um, 
uh, uh, same thing with Jalen Mills. They would give up the yards, but then they would tackle them. Like right, would, yeah, you're okay with that. Like I think Jim Schwartz brought this up uh, the other day. He said you don't worry about quarterback scrambling as long as they're not moving the chains. I think he has a very similar mindset of you're okay giving up yardage as long as you're not giving up scores and you're not giving up big plays. So, again, I think Sidney Jones will match up with Cooper for most of the game. Rasul Douglas will probably match up against Alan Hearns and Michael Gallup. Gallup's looked pretty good recently, too. Yeah, Gallup's really come on. But I think it's a good matchup. Rasul, again, a very physical corner. Should improve tackling against the Redskins. I think that'll work out. Uh, Another thing to watch out for... um, defense versus offense i'm looking to see how this front seven can handle zeke and and dak you can let zeke run for yardage that's the misconception barkley had over 200 yard total yards in both games against the eagles and lost uh you just can't allow dak and zeke to beat you if they tackle well like they didn't earlier in the season and force dak to become one-dimensional the cowboys will have a lot of problems What's good about Dak and Zeke is the threat in the RPO game of, oh my god, Zeke can run at me, Dak can run at me. You, you don't know what to do. And I think this front seven has a massive challenge. Camus talking a lot. Camus comments are going to come back to bite him if they this front seven can't handle those two. Because it opens up things for the wide receivers. And when th- things aren't opened up for those wide receivers, even Amari Cooper, they're not going to create on their own. Um, well, that, and that all goes back to uh, the defensive line. Because they played really well this last week. The last couple of weeks before that, they hadn't. And uh, I think that was a large part of why guys like Barkley and these other running backs, because they weren't getting separation on them. Like, they clearly didn't on that Peterson play. There was like a wide open gap. Um, but like Michael Bennett, even if he's not fully healthy, they need him to be doing his thing. They need Fletcher Cox to be dominant. They, don't, they might not have Timmy Jernigan. The other guys have been unimpressive. Um, Brandon Graham's played pretty well recently. If he keeps that up, they should be okay. But, yeah, they I mean, they need to get pressure on Dak and need to get off their blocks to create some space for the linebackers to tackle the running back. And you need to hit him. Like, not just sacks. You need to hit Dak Prescott because when he gets hit, he throws interceptions. That's really what he does. He gets skittish. Look, I really I, – I watched that Saints game. And I didn't think Dak looked good at all. He had his moments, but, like, overall they were in his face. Cameron Jordan caused a lot of pressure if, if – Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham can cause that type of pressure. If Chris Long doesn't necessarily need to sack him, but if he can get to him, I think the Eagles will be in pretty decent shape. Now, flipping over to the other side of the ball, I hope you guys have your fork and knives ready because Zach Ertz is going to eat. He is going to eat a lot in this game. I mean, he did. That last one, he had 14 catches, I think. I, I, I assume they're going to put Jeff Heath on him. Probably because they know they can't stop him either way. So you might as well have Jalen Smith and uh, Leighton Vander Esch kind of move around against the, the running backs, maybe against Dallas Goddard. You don't want to – I mean, no one stops Zach Ertz. It's just not a thing. And I think he's going to have a very good game. Um, the wider, the corners move around a lot, so I'm not really sure who's going to match up against Jeffrey, who's going to match up against – Golden Tate. Uh, Byron Jones is a guy that I think matches up well against all three. They could really use a big Jeffrey game. It's been a while. Yeah, it's time. 
I mean, he for all he had he makes three, a big play every game. Yeah, yeah. he had three catches against <clears throat> the Redskins. Uh, the two other throws that were targeted his way, one was an interception, which was a terrible throw by, and read by Carson Wentz. Another one was like a bad overthrow. He needs to. He said that he feels like he has the best hands in the league. Well, he's got to make use of them against the Cowboys. There's no. This is a game where you step up as a number one wide receiver. We've talked about it several times. When the good players are doing like good work, you're expecting that. But when they can take it to a next level and other guys step up, boom! You're, I mean, you're mean like Alshon did in the playoffs last year. Right. I mean, his numbers during the regular season weren't very good. He was he was dominant in the playoffs. He was the best, and he's playing with a torn year. shoulder, like. Yeah, like the, that catch, that touchdown he had against the Vikings, and the one he had in the Super Bowl were just the amazing. The one that he had in the Super Bowl is one of the best amazing. I've ever seen. So, again, so he's capable of this thing. We just haven't seen that from him since like the early weeks he came back. And I don't mean to poke the bear or anything, but it does kind of seem like Carson and him f- fall in and out of a groove very consistently. Like I don't know what it is. Maybe it's that Carson. Had Carson definitely trusts him. There's no doubt about that. But, like, I don't know if Carson wants to make the difficult throw every time because that's what Jeffrey's good at. Jeffrey's good at making difficult throws. Yeah, that's catches. a good point. And Wentz hasn't attempted that many of those this year. Right. Well, you Relative see. Relative to last year. I least. mean, he's 69.7% passer. I mean, completion percentage. So clearly. And half of them are to Zach Ertz. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, it helps when he's catching 80. I think it was 83.6%. Oh, it's, it's nuts. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. the Cowboys. I think he was 14 of 15 against the Cowboys. Yeah, it's insane. But. This is a game where you don't want to just target Zach Ertz. Golden Tate could be huge in this game. This is why you traded for him. That Washington game and this game are why you traded for him. The Washington game was like the nice appetizer if, the, if he can have his breakout game yeah, this week. Yeah, if he can kill it. I mean, he was incredible against them when he was with the Lions earlier this season. I mean, like Jer- Jason Garrett pointed out, uh, this is the third time they will have faced him this year. Right. He's getting the trifecta. You know, I mean, this is... And if they win the division, maybe they play Dallas again a fourth time, an unprecedented fourth time, because they might get the sixth seed. That's math or something. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, a lot of things can happen. Uh, but, again, the Cowboys stadium is not a home field advantage, no matter how much they want to build it's it up. It's too big. <laughs> there are going to be a lot of Eagles fans that travel. Golden Tate wants to be that guy that really has fun and does all this stuff. He did some incredible things in that game yesterday, and I think we understated it in the post-game podcast, but re-watching the game, his ability to maneuver and improvise are incredible. Carson, with that 19-yard throw, which with the touch, maybe the best throw Carson's made in four or five games, uh, just leading him downfield, yeah, he knew exactly beautiful. what to when do. When he like, told him, he like, oh, yeah. Yeah, and Mike Rowe said, you know, that's just two great football players making fo- a great play. Yeah, no freaking kidding. Um, and then the touchdown on that drive, again, Golden Tate has a really good awareness about him. And the problem that I, I found in the earlier games is they were forcing him into screens and, like, premeditated plays. Like, manufactured like He wasn't plays. going anywhere with them, yeah. Right. Let the guy run a effing route. Give it to him in space and let him, let him go and, right. and do something with it, yeah. Right. And now it seems like they've found that. And... Honestly, that throw to him in the end zone, wow. Like that I mean, like that's what you want to see from Carson. And so I think I think they're starting to find their rhythm. They carved a turkey together. I think that's almost the same as like making a blood pact. And so <laughs> I mean, they had a pretty sharp electric knife going on. Yeah, it's on. true. We don't know what happened. We're not going to jump to conclusions, we're journalists. Uh, but they seem to have found a, a, a rhythm. Here's the real thing. Here's where this game our boy Joshua. Joshua. Uh <laughs> 
Josh Adams and Corey Clement are the biggest things that are going to happen for this offense. If they can set up a running game, which they didn't against the Cowboys. And, and Darren Sproles. And Darren. Oh, sorry. Yeah, he's a he's a factor now. Yeah, he is. Oh, go figure. Um, <laughs> we were wrong. We were wrong. We'll, we'll just say we that. Can we can say were, it. We were. We were wrong. I mean, everybody was saying that it. That 14-yard run between him and Jason Kelsey. He, he, looked, that, he looked like the Sproles of old on that. Yeah. He I was. mean, like, Kelsey, like, is the reason why it happened, but then he finished it off. Yeah, he did. He's five foot. He's like four foot eleven, and he and he's breaking through, dude. It's like I think ama- my, he I, amazes me, man. I think my favorite picture so far this season is him like rolling in the end zone, and you like see him like f- freeze frame uh, well, in the I, air. Well, I think my favorite moment of the year is hi- hi- him and Lane Johnson's dance, which I just which I didn't see until the day after. Oh, the David Not the, Goliath. the David Goliath thing. Yeah. The way Lane Johnson sold that, like I watched it thirty times in a row. I he's think. gonna be a pro wrestler after his career. <laughs> like I'm that was amazing. Positive. It was the best. It, he took a bump. That was my great. favorite uh, celebration dance of the year. I think. Like, I'm just glad he didn't get injured on that. Yeah. How bad would that have been? But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, this three-headed running back crew, uh, Sands, Wendell Smallwood, it on paper looks really good. What they did against the Redskins was impressive. Jason Kelsey looks fully healthy for once. Lane Johnson, uh, Jason Peters, despite the roll-up, both look pretty healthy. They had two good games. I think Brandon Brooks is the best right guard in football, I don't think they allowed a sack last week as a a group. Isaac Sayamalo had to leave the game because he lost his shoe or something. (laughs) Whatever, they didn't skip a beat. The five of them have developed this chemistry, and that's been a really big key to the turnaround. Josh Adams, ability to see things on a one-cut. This dude's going to be their starting running back next year. I'm going to go out and say it. I mean, mean, he's not really going out on a limb. If he has this game... And he balls like he does. This could be a huge moment for him. Um, and I think Corey Clement's the perfect compliment to him. I, you've said it to me before. Why didn't they just do this earlier? Yeah. It's just, you know, a very astute point. <laughs> I don't know if they like, knew what they had in Adams, honestly. I think they knew what they had, but they didn't know what they had. He got some sniffs while he was on the yeah, – I'll give you some inside info. He did get some sniffs while he was on the practice squad. He was – you know, this is – this is a guy that they could have lost. I know that's. I feel like people need to appreciate that a little more. Like the Eagles decided that Wendell Smallwood was worth keeping over this guy. I mean, it's just it's one of those things. Now Wendell played played relatively well. Rel- relative to what our expectations are, but for like him. you've got Josh Adams playing like he's Jay. Well, that's, that's my point. I'm saying they Wendell Smallwood. Nobody would have picked up Wendell Smallwood if they cut him. Probably. And not. <laughs> I mean, nobody picked up Josh Adams, but I mean he. I don't want to say he saved their season, but they wouldn't be in position to win the division without him. Yeah, I mean, he's been the story of the second <laughs> half of the season. I think Avante Maddox was the story of the first half of the season. He's now the story of the second half. And if he can really catch a, find a groove, he seems to be really well in rhythm. He's taking it really well. They also have Corey Clement, who looks like he's healthy. We keep, we've keep we got to keep stressing that because that calf injury made him look lethargic. I mean, he, he looks like the pass ca- – so he had those 100-yard receiving yards in uh, – in the Super Bowl, which he had, he'd never been a pass catching back before. And all off season, you know, during training camp, I saw him lining up out, splitting out wide. They clearly were trying to emphasize that. Then the season started, and he was wasn't even a factor in the passing game for a while. So maybe he was still getting used to being a pass catcher. I don't know, or people were expecting it. But the last couple of weeks, he's had like four catches each week, or something like that, or yeah. three for like a decent amount of yards. He's getting chunk yardage. He had that long run a couple of weeks ago. I mean, if if he can be their pass catching guy, they have two thirds of a three headed backfield, and they can add another piece this off season. Whether that's bringing a Jay Ajayi back on a on a short deal, or drafting someone, or signing another guy. I want to. I would. I would want to draft somebody. Yeah, I would too. I'm just saying. But the, like, the, like they can go on these. They have two of the heads there now. But what's crazy about them? Both of them are undrafted. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so well, maybe they. Yeah. They, we need a first round running back. Exa- exactly. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Again. Um, 
Sproles. Here's what I like about Sproles. <laughs> Sproles and Clement out of the backfield. You can you can set up plays and trickery to get Demarcus Lawrence up into the up into the backfield and then toss some screens to him. I mean, I think that's what you want to do if you're Mike Groh. Uh, again, I think this team is in a good position. They found a good rhythm. I think the Cowboys are better, but I think they're very beatable. And you need to, as Brandon Graham said, you need to stay in Dak Prescott's face. You need to set the edge. Elliott can have his runs here and there. You just can't let him kill you in the red. You just have to play really good red zone defense. For the offense, you need to catch fire early because the Cowboys really don't put up a ton of points. Um, in big games, it, they've won games dirty. And what I mean dirty is, I mean, like, they've been close ones. And so I think if, if – the reason why they beat the Redskins, I truly believe, is because they got off to a hot start. They had that first drive. Yeah, they got down by three points, but it gave them confidence to come back, and they were able to do that. I think when you look at how both of these teams are built, it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. It's going to come down to who can out-scheme who. We know who the better co- coach is uh, on the sideline. We also know who the better clapper is, so I don't know if that's if that matters. <laughs> um, and when I say the better coach, we know it's Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz is the better coach. <laughs> fans agree. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll get some hate emails. Um, I think Jim Schwartz is a better D coordinator than Rod Marinelli. I think that Doug Peterson's a better head coach than the end play caller than than Jason Garrett. I would like to see Doug. He, he's gotten back into like you know being a little more ballsy with his play calls and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see him take a few, get a little more creative like he he did last year. I mean, he, he they've been moving Golden Tate around. They moved Nelson Aguilar around a lot. But I don't know. Maybe not a Philly special, but it'd be cool if they came out of, even early. You know, do something do something weird. Well, and, and and you talk about getting weird, and I'm all about that. Uh, the three entities that can help you get weird. Um, it's not orange juice, vodka, okay. and, a, and, a, and a cherry. It's Darren Sproles, Jason Kelsey, and Golden Tate. Those are three movable objects that you can really, you know, Jason, I asked Mike Grow about this earlier this week, and I said, how does the athleticism of Mike, or, or of, of Jason, yourself. Yeah. I, I mean, we, if you've seen my 40 time, which you can find on the internet, you know, I'm not that athletic. Uh, Jason Kelsey, like bring to the table and he's like, he's an incredible athlete for the position. Like everybody says that it's fun to run behind him because he is so athletic and, and because he has that strength of his game. And I think when you have somebody like a combination of him and Sproles getting out in space or him and Clement getting out in space, it's a big deal with golden Tate. You can move him around the lineup, let him do what he needs to do. Stop trying to manufacture yardage by screens or trying to get him involved early with short catches. That's not how he works. Just because you're a yards after the catch guy doesn't mean that you're going to catch a ball three yards in front of you and then take it to the house. Let him get some space. That's my advice for this game. That's how you play creatively. I think Mike Rowe has found his groove as a, as a schemer a little bit. If you watch this Redskins game, it was a brilliantly called game by him and Peterson. Um, same with Schwartz, really. I, I think you got to feel good going into this game, even though uh, we'll get to that part later in the show, but I'm not feeling good about this one. Well, we're going to do predictions now, so get oh, into it okay. now. Oh, okay. All right. So I'll, uh, right now I have it a really close game. I think the Cowboys win this one, but I do think the Eagles are built to upset the Rams. I think they're built to upset the Texans, and I do think they're built to upset the uh, 
well, not upset the Redskins, but beat the Redskins. I still think I still have the playoffs in in focus, but I I just don't feel that great about this game. I feel good. I don't feel great. So what 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 you got the score? I don't remember. I think it, I think I had it something like twenty six twenty four, or twenty three twenty one, something like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm in the same boat. I there's a part of me that thinks the Eagles are gonna come out ready to go in this one. Um, th- my my main holdup is they still haven't beaten anybody that I label as good this season. The Redskins are not who they were a few weeks ago. The Giants certainly are not a good football team, although they've they won again this last week. But yeah. um, so it it's still more of like I'll believe it when I see it sort of thing. Same. And I until if they win this week, then you know maybe you might find me picking an upset the week after that. Right now, I don't have them making the playoffs. I do have them finishing eight and eight, I believe. Um, I think I had a similar score to you. I, the Eagles twenty, no, the Cowboys twenty four, Eagles twenty, yeah twenty, Eagles twenty. Um, what I will say is there is this feeling of that two thousand thirteen Chip's first year, where the Eagles had to beat the Cowboys to get in the playoffs or win the division. There is a little bit of that feeling where, you know, they did come out and beat up a bad Bears team, and now they've got to kind of come out there and, and really prove themselves. Brandon Boykin had that famous interception where Chip's hugging him and in the <laughs> picture. Uh, these Cowboys games are never what you expect them to be, and so maybe it's a good thing that we don't feel – we don't have a good feel for it. I'll never forget, ever – the uh, blowout uh, in 2008 when uh, it really came down to week 17 and the Eagles just blew the roof off of them. Both of those games, I believe, happened in Dallas. So, you know, hey, Dallas Dallas actually might be a better home field advantage for the Eagles and Philly might not, I mean, the length might not be as good of a home field advantage. I mean, based on the way things have been this season, which has been weird. <laughs> right. You know, well, but they, they've they won their first two games. They've had their first two game winning streak. Maybe they can turn into three. I, there was a Dallas hey. writer who uh, quote tweeted me who said that that Doug Peterson's really good at taking two game winning streaks and turning them into three game winning streaks. I'd have to look that up. I was lazy and it was like three in the morning uh, on Sunday, but or Monday. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think you have to feel okay about this game, and okay is fine. Hey, you know, this season can turn quick enough that like if the Eagles somehow finish three and one or four and zero at best. Like all of a sudden you're thinking, them are they? Can they go on a run in the playoffs? Is it these guys? I mean, so, so to that point, Brandon Graham uh, said this yesterday, but he said that he really likes having that pressure because it makes you strain more. Basically, it makes you push harder. You know what's in front of you. Your season's one game at a time. You know you have to win that one game. Um, and he said that a lot. You know, we forget that a majority of this team went on that Super Bowl run. Like, they know what big games are like. You could talk about the DeAndre Halls and whoever, but, like, the majority of the makeup of this team is a Super Bowl winner. And a guy like Camus, who's talking trash, knows what it's like to be in that premium spotlight. Maybe he plays up to his competition in this one. Maybe they saw something on tape that they know they like. Maybe they felt like they were just, like, an inch away from correcting stuff, and that's a win, because that seems to be the way they talk about almost every loss. Uh, not that that's the correct way of looking at things, but, you know, maybe they're feeling pretty confident. Maybe they're feeling pretty loose. Yeah. I mean, that 
I mean, Camus was feeling loose enough to say the things that he said. So. <laughs> I mean, he said it so nonchalant. I know, too. that was the thing. Like, yeah. that was like, like did he know he was on camera? Like, I don't know. Yeah, it was almost like it was an off the record conversation. Not that I'm saying that they shot it. Yeah, off yeah. The but, record, it, but, but the way he said like, it, it was yeah. like, he was like in passing. Huh? They always joke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, like, he's like one of those kids from a, a Christmas movie. Well, or... he's not even the guy like you would think of when you're thinking of guys who are going to talk smack like that. I mean, and Camus, like, such like a down to earth, just chill dude. It's just like such a weird. It, was, yeah, it yeah. just seemed really out of character. But. Maybe they, like I said, maybe they feel really good about this matchup. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, <laughs> what's the deal with saturated milk? Oh, uh, with, uh, All right, Jerry. Uh, All right, Jerry. Let's wrap it up there. <laughs> what's uh, the deal with airplane food? <laughs> uh, but yeah. I am wondering what is the deal with airplane food. I travel a lot and I just, I don't know. <laughs> what is the deal with it? You're right. But, uh, yeah, so we'll be. We'll be out in Arlington, I guess, not technically. Yeah, Dallas. Arlington. That's been like really tough when you write those leads. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so thanks for listening, guys. We'll do our typical post game pod from Jerry's World. From Jerry's World. I'm not a fan of that place. I'm gonna be honest. I covered the draft there. I just didn't like it. But uh, it's good press box food. Nobody cares so, about that besides us. <laughs> so if they win, do we start calling it Camus World? <laughs> you can do that. Okay. <laughs> all right. We'll end on that note. Uh, we're on all the podcast apps, as I always tell you. Uh, leave us a comment on YouTube, uh, write us a review on Apple, follow us on Twitter. Thanks for listening, guys. This episode of the No Huddle Show was brought to you by Chevrolet Cadillac of Turnersville, a Penske automotive dealer. Visit today at the Route 42 location in Turnersville, New Jersey, or online at ChevroletOfTurnersville.com and CadillacOfTurnersville.com.